So, this podcast, is it any good? Eh, they follow some shite clubs, but it's a pretty good podcast. Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool. And for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. A sensational start. A controversial start. And it's advantage to the Reds. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Welcome in. It is the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Normally, I would be introducing Darren Smith. But today I am joined by two very special guests, two people that I know quite well and that I've had the chance to learn a little bit more about uh, during my time at San Diego State, both the men's and women's coach joining us today on the Unnamed Soccer Pod, the women's coach Mike Friesen and the men's coach Ryan Hopkins, who have decided to come on and just chat about Lionel Messi coming to PSG for 30 minutes. Um, It's going to be quite the debate and the topics that we will discuss. No, in all seriousness, there's uh, plenty to discuss on campus. I might sneak in a messy question. Actually, I have some tricks up my sleeve a little bit later on for these two. So it should be fun coaches. It's a pleasure to see both of you You as well. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Coach Hopkins. Let's start with you. I was being serious. What are your thoughts? Lionel Messi going to PSG. It's kind of, it's kind of gross, right? Yeah. I mean, it's such a wild turn of events, you know, from we will do everything we can. We're about to announce him. Oh, we're not, we can't sign him. So it's a bit, I don't know who's doing their accounting over there, but um, yeah, fair play to PSG. I mean, maybe one of the best transfer windows of all time when you get, you know, the Euro's best player for free, you get Messi for free, you get Sergio Ramos for free, um, Eugenie Wijnaldum for free, um, you know, pretty, pretty interesting uh, transfer uh, window for them. But yeah, it's going to be weird. I think it's like one of those, like seeing Michael Jordan in a Washington Wizards jersey. Um, I think it's going to be one of those things that's just going to take a little bit of time, um, you know, to get through. But yeah, I mean, I think kind of PSG becomes much much watch TV, and it'll be interesting to see how they put all the parts together to it's kind of Champions League or bust. I would say for them now. My uh, normal co-host on the podcast is a big Barcelona supporter, so I promised him only one Lionel Messi question. I'm <laughs> legally not allowed to ask more than that one. Um, before we dive into the upcoming season, Coach Hopkins, I did want to ask one question about last year, 2020. Um, I'm sure you learned a lot about, uh, the program. I'm sure you learned a lot about yourself as a coach. Uh, a few things I learned as broadcasting the games, I, I learned that you're an absolute thorn in Washington's side. You gave them plenty of, uh, plenty of issues in your debut year, picked up results against UCLA, both home and away, which was impressive. I thought, uh, what did you learn in 2020? Um, I learned a lot of things that I'm not good at. That is for sure. So, you know, and, and I think always the first year and, um, you know, to be honest, it's great having Mike on here, you know, with me, Mike's been a great mentor for me for the last 18 months. I think he'll continue to be, I can't count the amount of hours we've spent on the phone together, just talking about soccer, life, culture, decisions. Um, so, you know, he's been really, really awesome and been a great guide for me in this, this adventure. Um, yeah, I think, you know, really that first year, you know, really was about, 
um, putting my principles into place, you know, whether that's our offensive organization or defensive organization, you know, ultimately like our overriding culture and mission of what we want to do. And, you know, I think we did a good job of that, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's always hard when you come in and you're trying to, and I told the players this at the end of the day, you know, none of them came here to play for me. I didn't recruit any of them. So there's always going to be some, a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, you know, and I think it was just trying to figure out, you know, the guys that, you know, we could all mesh together to, to create something great. And, you know, I think now this second year is really about refining that, you know, refining how we want to do things, getting a little bit better at the details, continuing to grow that culture, adding, you know, adding some new pieces in, um, you know, really. And then I think that third year is, is hopefully going to be, tying all the pieces together, you know, and then hopefully we can really, you know, really, really take off from there. So I, I learned a lot of patience, you know, I learned a lot of humbleness, um, you know, and just understanding that it, it's going to take some time and, um, you know, our administration from JD Wicker and Tim Lanske, who's my sports supervisor, you know, they've been so, so supportive of me and, um, the vision that I have and understanding that'll, you know, take some time, especially, you know, in, in the PAC 12 conference for sure. You have uh, eight starters coming back for the upcoming season. You're getting some votes in the preseason poll as well. Uh, seems to be some excitement building so right before the season kicks off. What makes you excited about it? Uh, I know you have the guys coming back and you also yeah. have some new additions, some transfers coming in even on top of it. Yeah. Um, but what, what makes you most excited about your upcoming squad? I think it, to the the most exciting thing is just, yeah, to play a full season. You know, it's been, I feel 2019 was, seems like, decades ago. And so I'm just excited to, to play a full slate of games and um, get those experiences now with the group of team dinners. And, you know, like we took the whole team to the loyal game on Saturday, you know, just more of those team experiences where they can grow, you know, to learn each other, um, you know, and learn and learn about how we can grow this culture together. So really excited about those pieces. Um, yeah. And then I think, yeah, the new players that we brought in, we brought in a good international contingent, you know, that played in some pretty high levels um, all over the world. And I think the group that we have coming back now is, um, you know, really understanding some of the principles we want to apply. And so I think just meshing all that together and, and getting games in is, is going to be really, really exciting. Uh, very excited to chat with coach Friesen as well here on the podcast. I saw that the, um, the women's team played in front of fans the other night and what looked like for the first time in forever, it must've felt the same for you coach, uh, taking on Arizona at home in front of a packed house at the sports deck. What was that like for you? Yeah, strange. I mean, on one hand, it felt like normal. Um, and on the other hand, it had been so long since people were there that I was a little surprised that, uh, that many people showed up, but I think just, you know, a fun environment. And of course, as coaches, we're like not focused on those things as much as on our teams and the, uh, lack of preparation that we had leading into it, but, uh, it was fun to have fans there and, um, you know, just to have families around. I think that's, that's just huge for the players too. Yeah. That impacts the, the feel before the matches and after the matches, what was it like afterwards when the final whistle, final whistle was done, you had already finished chatting with your team and actually being able to walk around and seeing family and friends on the field. Yeah. It's, that's always, always a fun thing. I always laugh that I'm 
rarely out in time to see everybody, but uh, looked like everybody else had fun. I was busy talking to people, different people before the end, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always nice just to have support, you know? And I think that's the part that uh, we missed last year was just to be able to have um, our families and our friends, the people that support us um, just be there in person and not have to be all on our phones afterwards telling, trying to tell people what happened. So, um, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, there's still that element of, of nervousness with that many people that, uh, with COVID still happening, that we're just still on edge a little bit of, of making sure that our teams are safe and healthy and all those things. So it's a little bit of mixed emotions there. Yeah. We're, uh, we're about to break into the season. It's here. It's here. You guys are playing teams. You're at the sports deck in front of fans. Um, you're picked second in the coaches poll. You're used to it. You've been right here in that slot one or two for what seems like forever as well. Um, as you get into the season, what do you, uh, what, 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 what excites you? I'll ask you the same question I asked coach Hopkins. Yeah. So, you know, I think, um, the things that we're excited about is we have 14 new players. And so we have 11 freshmen and three transfers that came in. We feel like we have, um, a wealth of talent. We're going to be very deep. Um, so those things are really exciting. I think the, the beginning of the season could be a challenge in terms of just getting everybody on the same page, right? Last year, we were able to have four freshmen, um, have nine month lead in, it seemed like to our, before the season. So just felt so prepared. And now here we are back to this, um, you know, two week preparation for game number one. And, um, just as a coach feeling a little bit like, oh man, we haven't covered half the things we want to get to, but here we go. And so I think there's, there's a lot of excitement. I think we're going to be a very good team. We have of course a schedule that is um, I think one of the most difficult non-conference schedules in the country right out of the gate. So we're going to have to be ready to go. And part of it is we're going to figure out where we're at. We want to get exposed and, and see where we have to get better so we can be in a spot we want to be in at the end, which is to win the conference, win the conference tournament and do some damage in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. No, be no better way to uh, learn about your team than to scheduling those difficult opponents, especially early on. You can learn what to really work on there. Uh, one of the players that a lot of people are excited that is coming back, Anna Tui. Mm. Tui is back. Uh, you Talking to you before the season last year, uh, you brought up the fact that you knew she was going to have an immediate impact. Uh, you knew that before she even stepped foot on campus. Um, what did you think of her first year on campus? And what are you expecting here in your number two for her? Yeah, she was uh, phenomenal. And we knew that there would be a little bit of a lead in there. She's pretty hard on herself. So, you know, it took her a few games to get a goal. Once that first goal came, the floodgates opened um, and she just became a bit of a different player. So I think one of the things for her is just that she's feeling more and more comfortable being here at San Diego State with her team and her teammates, with the staff. Um, I think she feels pretty freed up to do what she does best. Um and she also came in and like smashed the fitness this, this semester. So like massive improvements from her. She's already a very fit person, um, but maybe taking on a little bit more of a leadership role this year. Um, just expecting her to uh, just come out right away and be an impact player and impact all the young players playing around her. Yeah. I'll ask both of you guys this question. You may have the same answer. Maybe it's different. We'll find out. What was the biggest challenge of coaching in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Uh, the, the biggest challenge was that there were so many other things we had to handle well beyond our normal scope of our job. You know, for instance, we were monitoring other sports once a week, all throughout the entire year. We were every day 
trying to figure out who's in and who's out. There was just so many things outside of our control. If one person had a symptom, it knocked out a whole house. And so the majority of the season was spent waiting late up late night to get COVID results and then up early dealing with new symptoms on a consistent basis. And I just think that took a massive toll on, um, on us as a staff and, and just in individually, right. I, I just, it was really tiring emotionally as well. Um, but that was probably the biggest thing, um, with COVID was just that, and just the feeling a little bit more of being isolated without fans and, and being in a bubble and all that kind of stuff was, was a challenge for sure. Yeah. And I, I think for me, especially being the first year of the program, it was just, you know, there's different things that you need to do and areas that you want to grow that require the whole group to be together in around each other and spending time together. And we just couldn't do that. Everything was on zoom and, um, you know, our, our meetings, you know, had to be outdoors and, and mass and everything else. So I think that made it really hard because we were trying to you know, create this culture of inclusiveness and it became almost exclusive because it was just, you could hang out with the people in your house and that was kind of it. So, um, you know, and then I think that like physically the parts you don't think about and like, you know, Mike and I share a lot of philosophies, you know, the same. And, um, we do a lot of our stuff with our programs together in terms of like, you know, we have our video camera, you know, that we're able to, you know, kind of follows the ball from about 80 feet in the air and then catapult. So, you know, we have our periodization and you don't realize like if a guy or a girl misses one training session, like how important that is to their player load for the entire week and how far they fall behind and how susceptible they are to injury. Like we had guys, I was telling our, our new athletic trainer, um, today we had a guy, you know, we had three roommates have a sore throat three weeks in a row, a different roommate. So all three of those roommates were out three days, three weeks in a row. So like, you know, we had to like pull them out of training just to make sure they were protected and they didn't get hurt. So they were missing even more training time. So there was just little things like that, that, you know, just became hard, like in our sport. Like I think if a baseball guy misses one, one day of batting practice or, you know, something of that nature, it's not as big of a deal, but when in our sport, when you're running 30 miles a week and you're having to do, you know, you need that five miles. Um, you know, I think that really became a toll physically and mentally on the players too. Yeah. It sounds like managing COVID as a coach has turned into a full-time job on top of your full-time job. That's what it sounds like. I mean, it, yeah. it's gotta be, it's so much. It's just such, there's so many moving pieces to all of it. All right. Well, I'll finish on this guys. Um, I'll ask you guys each a question about the other program. How about that? Uh, I just asked you about the biggest challenges. Let's, let's focus on some positives here. The biggest strength of, if you want to break down the other team's upcoming season, feel free. If not, uh, you can just talk about the biggest strength of the other program, but uh, let's start with coach Friesen here. Let's talk about the men's side for you. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I've seen um, coach Hopkins do over the last year and a half is just really have a very clear vision, which is one of the reasons why we were so excited to get him. Um, I was fortunate enough to be on the hiring committee and um, you know, the first time we met was in his in-person interview and just really impressed with his vision for what he could bring to the program. And it's been fun to see those things play out over the last year and a half. So excited to see now that he has an opportunity to be with his guys, bring in some guys that are his um, and really start to mold the culture um, as well as get some games 
prior to getting in that pack 12, like one of the things that was, you know, a little bit easier for us was we played in the Mount West. We had no other games, um, which we generally play a pack 12 type schedule prior to. So we're going to have a little bit of that, um, this year where he's going to get an opportunity to play against some teams before he gets that pack 12 to prepare. So I'm excited to see, um, what the new guys bring. I'm excited. I, I, I enjoy watching the game too. Um, but the, one of the strengths is just his passion, uh, for, uh, his team and his guys. I think those things are just so massive in a program to bring people together to just accomplish things that way beyond what your talent per se could do. So excited to see those things. I think that's a huge strength of theirs. Um, it, it's gonna be fun to watch. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Your turn to say nice things, coach Hopkins. <laughs> well, I think don't in, let them down here. I won't, I won't. Well, I think in so many ways, um, you know, where their program is at is where we want to be, you know, I think from, from a culture, you know, I've been in the office late, you know, we're all doing late nights here. Um, and just to see his, his women together and see the camaraderie they have, like they let us join in and we had a kind of a, a silly night um, with some, just some games and stuff. And I realized how little perception I have. Um, so that was exciting to find out about myself. We'll tell that story in a little bit. Um, but I, I think, and then I think with that culture, with that togetherness breeds the consistency that you mentioned. Um, I think, whatever, 15 straight polls, they've been one or two, um, you know, all the NCAA tournament appearances, you know, advancing in the NCAA tournament, the Mountain West titles. And yeah, I think, you know, Mike kind of jokes, but the Mountain West presents different challenges, I think, than most teams are ready for. I would compare it a lot to like CONCACAF, you know, for the U.S. men's national team. He's got to go up to 6,000, 8,000 feet in Colorado Springs and then go to Colorado state 5,000 feet in the same weekend and then come home and, you know, or then go to UNLV in 150 degree weather. So they have all sorts of different challenges. Um, and I think just their consistency, they're, they're always there. They're always in the mix. Um, they're winning the league a lot. You know, they were, you know, should have been, you know, should have been the, I don't know. We still debate on if they had a championship this year or not. Um, but you know, uh, I, I think that's ultimately what I want to get to is, is that consistency. And I think the culture, um, that he's built, um, breeds that consistency. And I, and I think ultimately that's where we want to be. Um, and that's, you know, I think why he's been, why I've tried to pick his brain so much, why we try and do so many things together while we're on the phone a lot. Um, some people even say we look alike, like Mike's girls call me Mike, Mike number two. Um, so, or women, I should say Mike's women call me Mike number two. I got to ask them what's going to take to get me to Mike number one status. But, um, yeah, I think that's probably the best compliment that, you know, I, I can give is like, that's, that's where I want to be. That consistency, that culture, um, is ultimately where I want to, you know, bring our program to. So you're going to tell us that story about the uh, game night. <laughs> I'll let Mike, I'll let Mike number one tell it. <laughs> so, so we've, of course, like many teams have had, you know, multiple trainings in the day and then we'll have meetings at night and to break up some of that monotony and to just kind of bring some levity to it, we'll play some games. <laughs> and so we have a lot of games that are games to distract you. And so you have to figure out exactly what is being done. And so we had their staff, uh, join in and, uh, 
to figure out exactly what was happening in the game. So all these games we play are, you know, one's called open closed and, and I'll just give it away that uh, basically you'll, you'll show your hands in a circle, whether they're open or closed, but the trigger is not the, the hands it's in your mouth. So it's just to be able to see these different things. And so um, coach Hopkins struggled a little bit with the uh, perceptions of, uh, of what was happening. His, his staff, picked him up pretty quickly. So we, yeah. just, we were very, give him a hard time afterwards about his, his ability to have some perceptions outside of the obvious, but, uh, it was a good time. They were, yeah. they were, they were good sports about joining in and a room full of, we have 30 on our roster this year. So jumping into a group of 30 women, making fun of you right out of the gates is, uh, always, always. <laughs> <a good time. laughs> and I found that we had, I had a lot of similarities with his new, uh, his new number nine. So she might be my spiritual animal. It was uh, quite hilarious. <laughs> also struggles with perception. That's what it sounds like. That's <laughs> sounds like a very confusing night for you. It was like number but, two. Yes, but it was, uh, it's a great, you know, and they were, yeah. So receptive of, of us in there and we had such a good time and, um, I just, you know, we, and I think that's been the other hard part, you know, when, when, when I got here, Mike and I, we've wanted to do bring these programs together and make it a, a soccer culture, you know, and I think that's been, you know, one of the big things, obviously that COVID has stopped is, you know, us not being able to do some of those things where, you know, we want our teams to, to share those experiences and cheer for each other and yeah, be there through hard times for each other. And, um, you know, I think, you know, COVID has stopped that, but that's certainly, I know something we're, we're really planning on for the future. Mm -hmm. You guys proved you can navigate 2020. So we have full faith. You can navigate 2021. It should only hopefully get easier, but if it doesn't, at least you have some experience navigating it all from last year. Uh, I, I do enjoy talking with both of you. I thought it was a really cool opportunity to have both of you on the podcast at the same time. You guys not just on air, but also off the air. When we talk, you guys speak so highly of each other and it's so genuine. So I, I love the idea of being able to chat with both of you. So thank you so much for spending the time. I know the off season seems to be flying by, so <laughs> I won't waste any more of your time. You can get back to the training and all that fun stuff. Good luck this upcoming seasons coaches. Thank you. Good. Thank season. you. Thanks for having us.